0: Well, we lost our internet connection i lost my internet connection so hopefully we have uh, the rest of the podcast that we uh, when it was probably the best hour of recorded audio in the history of the world and so uh, if if we never find it again it's your loss it's not it, it was it was really that good um, but we were finishing up talking about the Bills and Ravens. Uh both looking forward to that. The other big game is the Sunday night game this week, oh, Chiefs at Bucks.
1: Final prediction on Bills Ravens.
0: Um Ravens win by five.
1: I landed on I don't know why I landed on 38-33 bills. I've got a that's, high scoring one.
0: That's good the defenses but when you have uh quarterbacks like that it's hard to uh, it's hard to keep them contained
1: it doesn't matter uh, it, it it doesn't matter
0: yeah uh other big game Sunday night Chiefs and Bucks uh rematch of Super Bowl from a few years ago Uh, You got a Chiefs team coming off an inexplicable loss to the Colts and a Buccaneers team that uh, did not score very many points against the Packers. And so two teams coming off of losses, uh, two teams with Super Bowl aspirations uh, in Tampa. And then there's the the entire story about what goes beyond football with this contest with uh, the hurricane coming through. Um, They will play the game as scheduled on Sunday night. And that added, I think, uh, saw that the Bucks will be giving away some tickets to people displaced by the hurricane so that they can come to the game, uh, so, which is a, a beautiful gesture by them. So with all of that surrounding it, you've got a, an emotional game in Tampa Bay on Sunday night against two uh, good teams who uh, hope to maybe meet each other again come February.
1: Right. No, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about the best young. Well, is it still fair to call Mahomes a young quarterback at this point, do you think?
0: Age-wise, not snap-wise.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it feels like he's a seasoned vet back there, the way he plays. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the new generation versus the old generation of quarterbacks, obviously. I mean, Tom Brady's the standard, everything that every quarterback aspires to be in terms of uh, prestige and win, uh, winning. Um, yeah, and then Mahomes, you know, obviously the flashy, um, new look Kansas City offense in a way, you know, no Tyree kill, but, you know, Travis Kelsey and that new platoon of receivers. So it's going to be fascinating to see how both teams bounce back in this game. I mean, Kansas City obviously had that, you know, that kind of that meltdown at the end of the game last week and Tampa Bay got themselves in a position, to, uh, send the game to OT, ultimately couldn't convert to two point. Um obviously Mike Evans coming back this week, or I believe he's expected to come back this week. Um, I think it's going to be big for Tom Brady on that offense, but yeah, man, I mean, we can't um, on the platform that, you know, we stand for here. We obviously think it goes bigger beyond the sport. And obviously um, like we talked about the Tua injury, you know, with the hurricane and the effect that it's having on the people down there in Florida, obviously our thoughts and prayers are out to them as well as the tag Loa family, family, um, you know, for the injury that he sustained and, Um, all the people that are affected by Hurricane Ian down there. Um, It's terrible. Um, I'm glad that they are able to um, provide some hospitality for a lot of people that really don't have um, a lot going on right now, a lot of people that need help um, and opportunity. So I think that it's, like you said, it's an incredible gesture that the Buccaneers are taking that. Um, I did not know that they were doing that. Um, But no, I, I hope that for those people, they can put on a good game and um, really kind of get their mind off of what's going on down there in Florida.
0: Very much so. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Um, We, you know, looking at this, this Buccaneers offense, 19 against the Cowboys, 20 against the Saints, 14 against Packers. Now, they are obviously holding other teams to – uh their defense has stepped up but then you look at you know the the chiefs 44 against the cardinals 27 against the chargers and yes that 17 last week against the colts but um their their defense is consistently giving up about three touchdowns and the the bucks are scoring less than two and so uh it's uh two or three and so I think it's interesting to see if this is going to continue to be a trend. Uh, I know I was in a a shop yesterday where the they were talking about uh, the what's broken with the ESPN was talking about what was broken with the the Buccaneers' offense. So uh, definitely something that's concerning if you're a Tampa Bay fan. But once again, it will be good just to see a bit of normalcy on Sunday night uh, to a region that desperately is in need of that, and so. Uh, Echo Preston, that our, our thoughts are with that entire uh, area, seeing the devastation that, that took place there, um, praying for um, praying for safety for folks who are still there, knowing it's going to be a long process. I know that uh, you know I'm friends with the linemen who have already head down there, not sportsmen, sports linemen, but uh, actual uh, real, real hero linemen who are heading down to... Uh, to the the Florida to to take care of some prayers for safety for everybody involved there. But uh, it'll be a good game to cap off a a Sunday uh, that uh, have some intriguing matchups. So that's our, our NFL preview for this week. We'll go now into college football. Uh, some top 25 matchups on Saturday, uh, but there are a couple other games that might be a little bit interesting, starting with tonight, uh, kickoff in Los Angeles, Washington, who is surprising everyone and yet looking really good, doing it, taking on a undefeated UCLA team somehow, some way, undefeated UCLA team. Uh, and I think this will be a, a good barometer to gauge just how good they are uh, and perhaps uh, even uh, solidify the, um, how good Washington is. Uh, or maybe we'll see that uh, it's, it's just kind of Pac-12 good, and that's, that may not be um, necessarily what, what gets you into a playoff. But I, I do think it's a pretty intriguing game kicking off tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw a uh, Washington team, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of intrigue here um, with me, especially when the quarterback position, I mean we're talking about Michael Pennex Jr. Who had all the success during the 2020 COVID season, obviously through for um, dang near almost 500 yards against Ohio state might've been a hair above or below 500. So pardon me on, on that, but this is a guy that had a lot of success obviously during that season and last year, um, him as well as the rest of the Indiana team obviously didn't see the success that they had hoped to. And um, so it's been good to see his cr- uh, career kind of be revived out in Washington. This is the team after firing Jimmy Lake that, um, you know, obviously I think everybody knew they needed to fire Jimmy Lake, but to not anticipate uh, maybe it going this smoothly um, right off the bat. I mean, the, what they did in the Michigan State was great. Obviously we've seen with Michigan State that maybe they're not as good as we initially thought. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I don't think that that should be taken away from Washington. I mean, taking care of business, you know, I think that that's, that, that shouldn't go unnoticed. And then on the flip side, uh, UCLA, obviously a lot of intrigue with them making their way to the Big Ten. Um, we've seen their tremendous attendance, by the way, at the Rose Bowl this year. I mean, having about like 30 people in the stands. So that's very disappointing, especially playing in a venue like the Rose Bowl. It's terrible. Um but, I mean, Dorian Thompson Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's a guy that I've followed a lot since high school, back since um, when I was a big Tate Martell fan back in the day um, when he was committed to Ohio State. And they had the QB1 documentary series, and Tate was a quarterback and DTR uh, played some wide receiver uh, before he ultimately played quarterback his senior year there and ended up at UCLA. But it's his fifth year starting, utilized or capitalized on the COVID year. I mean, he's having a solid season. Eight touchdowns, one pick. So he's been wildly efficient. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested in this quarterback battle and um, see if UCLA if they have any kind of home field advantage if they can defend home field. But um, <laughs> you know, I so yeah, I'm just looking forward to a good game out of this.
0: It just continues to amaze me that we keep sending sports teams into LA when both LA teams have to make their slogans that, you know, to protect the house because so many opposing fans get in there. And then you look and see what UCLA has and how little um, is invested in that. And I acknowledge that it's hot there in the beginning of the, the sports season. Um, but, um, and, and it just ties in the fact that money talks in the, they're going to put them on TV whenever they want to put them on TV, and kick off whenever they want the TV networks want them to kick off. But still, that, that's that might take you out a couple thousand. It shouldn't take out thirty-five thousand people from sitting in your stands. And so, um, they, play,
1: they play in the Rose Bowl, right? You know I mean, like that's like how could like I don't know about you, but that is on my bucket list. Like I want to go see Ohio State playing the Rose Bowl one day.
0: Right, right, very much so, and. Uh, yet, I guess when you have it in your town, it's less special. I don't know. But uh, you got undefeated football team bringing in a top 25 team. You would think that that would get you excited, but we'll see what happens uh, tonight. It uh, should be an interesting game, if not a, a good game. Uh, we've got five top 25 matchups this week and begins at noon Eastern tomorrow uh, with Kentucky traveling down to Ole Miss uh, I will be there with my family experiencing the Grove for the first time uh, and taking in all that Oxford, Mississippi has to offer, uh, which might not be a lot, uh, but at least the tailgating atmosphere will be really good. And hopefully the football game will as well. Uh, let me tell you what I'm concerned about, Preston, and that is back in, I think, 2019 Um or was it eighteen? I don't remember. Kentucky was undefeated. Sure was 18, when they went to A M. Yeah, coming off of eighteen. So they came off a win at Florida, broke the streak, undefeated, highly ranked, went in Texas A and M. Should have won the game. March Stoops got super conservative and Texas A and M won in overtime. There's too many parallels for me to to go into this this week. Same thing, going down to Florida winning, highly ranked going in. The thing I don't think happens is Mark Stoops trusts his quarterback a little bit more. He trusts Will Love Us more than he trusted Terry Wilson. Um, And so – that that's a big difference. Kentucky gets their all this you see running back from back from NCAA suspension with Chris Rodriguez uh, and their offensive line continues to be a question mark against an Ole Miss team who looks nothing like a lane captain team because they run the ball so much. Um, and yet they're pretty effective in doing so uh, given all that they've not played a murderer's row of a schedule. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens at noon. I like the fact, as a Kentucky fan, that it's at noon so that people don't have all day to get juiced up and in the atmosphere be even crazier at night. Uh, but so I think that's working in their favor. But I, I can honestly see this going uh, either way. For my sake, I hope it's a win because I'm going all the way down there. Um, but uh, I, I could easily see Ole Miss winning. I am kind of shocked uh, that the line – let me get it back to what it is now. Um, the line started at four and a half. It's up to seven. That one surprises me a little bit. But um, looking forward to that game on ESPN uh, uh, Saturday at noon in Oxford.
1: Was – kentucky favored or Ole miss
0: no Ole miss has been favored the whole time okay. which mark stoops loves
1: yeah i mean why, why would you not you know i mean that's i mean for a team that's in the top 10 obviously it's easy to get complacent um you know i mean achieving you know plateaus of success that maybe you've you know the program and a lot of those guys haven't seen so it's easy to be like you know we made it you know it's that mentality like we're off to a great start to the season you know, in spite of whoever we have and haven't played, you know, it's one of those things where any kind of motivation, especially when you go on the road against a conference opponent, I absolutely have to use that use that up. No, there's a lot of intrigue here. Obviously, Kentucky getting Chris Rodriguez is back. Uh, getting him back is huge. Um, the run game has been a little bit slow going um, for them. This year, that's been kind of the thing. And that's
0: that's being gracious. Yeah.
1: No. I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, luckily you have a NFL tight quarterback back there that can kind of handle a lot of that, take a lot of that on his plate. I'm um, in a defense that's been pretty stout. Um, you got playmakers on the perimeter. And like you said, offensive line still gelling, as is the run game in general. But you know, there's a lot of intrigue on the Ole Miss side as well. I mean, there's a lot of familiar faces on that coaching staff with Lane and the defensive line coach, uh, Randall Joyner, is a big name in the coaching industry that's on the way up. Um, and obviously, Jackson Dart at quarterback and Zach Evans at running back I mean Zach Evans have one of the most interesting recruitments I've ever seen before. him, um, you know, having success at TCU, getting hurt last year, transferring and Jackson Dart coming in from USC. So, yeah, like you said, it's not a typical Kiffin team, but it's going to be really interesting. I think that you know who can get the running game going here in this game could go a long way, especially for Kentucky on the road. If they can kind of set the tone in the way that they did against Florida, that would be a big time win for them.
0: Yeah, in Kentucky, um, neither team's coming off a very impressive win. They both beat uh, their previous opponent uh, by eight, uh, Kentucky, Northern Illinois, and then um, also for uh, Ole Miss. And so neither confidence-inspiring wins. um, But uh, I think it's – I think it'll be a good game. I hope Kentucky pulls it out. Um, I don't – I don't see – I just don't see it being more than seven points uh, for for Ole Miss if they win. I think it's close till till the very end. Kentucky's defense has been solid, with the exception of the last eight, uh, seven minutes of last week's game, where it seemed like they had milled it in. So, uh, I like I like them going up against just about anybody, um, but it'll be it'll be an interesting game, and uh, I i pick Kentucky to lose this one at the beginning of the year. I'll probably still lean towards that. Uh, but if they win this one, that's that's a very – that's a big win. And I, given – if you don't have an a unforeseen stumble somewhere down the line, even if you lose to Tennessee, you're playing Georgia for the um, – for the, the SEC East uh, come November. Yeah, absolutely. I hate saying that a
1: week five game is a must win, obviously. But, I mean, when you have conference – um, you know, clinching aspirations. I think this is a big game, obviously in the sense of, and I think like we talked about the momentum in this game can't be talked about enough. I think that you know going down to Oxford and getting a win would be huge um, for the direction of this program in the short term and the long term with the team and the long term um, stability and building of this team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I I'm with you. I kind of lean Ole Miss, but I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've I haven't picked against Kentucky yet this year. I'm very hesitant too. I want. I would love to see. I would love to see nothing more than Kentucky go down there and get that win. Um, I'm all about the Kentucky and Tennessee story. I know that you don't like Tennessee, and I don't like Tennessee either. But I think it's a good storyline when Tennessee's good. And um, seeing Kentucky in the top ten has been great. Um, I love Will Levis. You know, seeing Chris Rodriguez back is going to be a lot. Seeing him get back is going to be a lot of fun. Very much so, um,
0: but it might be the second most uh, watched game in the SEC this week because at 3.30 on CBS, we need to have the music so we can cue that music whenever it's it's ready to go. Um, 3.30 on CBS, it's Alabama at Arkansas. Obviously, Arkansas, one doinked field goal away from this being a, a top-10 matchup uh, and uh, for first place in the, the SEC West. Alabama is 17-point favorites at Arkansas, um, which really surprises me. Um, but perhaps Alabama's figured some stuff out since they played Texas and Arkansas coming off of a tough game. It's hard to get up a week after week in the SEC or really anywhere, but week after week in the SEC, especially coming off a loss to Texas A&M, uh, I, I really like this game. Uh, it's been no secret if you've been listening to the VOD that I i love arkansas i love sam Pittman. i love everything that's that's going on down there and so it would uh i know it would destroy my college playoff prediction it, it tickle me to death if they beat alabama just for um the chaos that would ensue with a one loss uh, arkansas one loss alabama and a texas a&m whose one loss is out of conference but uh could be crippling to them going forward so uh, I'm I'm rooting for chaos in the West, um, but uh, I think that you know Jefferson's going to have a, a big game for for Arkansas for this to work out, uh, and we'll we'll see Alabama in a, a game. Uh, when the only other time we've seen them play a, a real tough opponent, they they struggled and uh, actually almost lost, and it was on the road as well to Texas.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's been kind of a trend as of late with Nick Saban teams where um, if you find a weak spot with them, it is on the road. Um, this is an Arkansas team. I will say that betting line of 17, say 17 or 17 and a half. That's way, way too high. Or would that be too low? I, you can tell I don't gamble. Um, that That's that's too much. The game will be much closer is my point. Um, yeah, man, I will say I, I'm going to flat out and say it. I'm on the record. I think Arkansas wins this game. I really do. And kind of like you said, it creates chaos, but that doesn't – just because I'm predicting Alabama to win this game doesn't change the outlook that I have on Alabama for the rest of the season. I'm very confident that Alabama will be playing in the last college football game of the season this year. I'm just saying for this particular week, this this is a game that I could see Alabama losing. Sam Pittman's an absolute maniac, man. His teams are physical, and they will hit you in the mouth, and that is that. that. I think you have a team that's in desperation mode after that uh, field goal last week. Um, I think K.J. Jefferson is probably the second, if not at at worst, the third-best quarterback in the SEC, a guy that's an absolute gamer. And like you said, we've seen this Alabama team. I mean, they're very flawed on offense. Like, they are beatable, and I think with that, I mean, what's going to come down to is or Arkansas has a safety and a corner out that starts for them. On the flip side, Alabama's wide receivers have really struggled to create separation and get open for Bryce Young. And I don't think that's being talked about enough. I mean, um, I think that that's really what's going to come down to if guys can make plays on the perimeter. Because you know, Bryce Young's going to get heads, and you know, Jameer Gibbs is going to make flash plays. You can't let Jameer Gibbs take over this game. You got to let Bryce Young, um, you got to make Bryce Young step up in the pocket and these receivers make plays. Um, that is the weakness at this point in this team. And we know Nick Saban can get it fixed in a heartbeat, but it's week five in a hostile environment. Um, An Arkansas team that you know it's going to be fighting for their life to uh, stay in the thick of the race for the SEC. And I honestly, I think they're going to get it done. Like we said, I, I um, could be very wrong about that, but I think that Arkansas is going to make enough plays, um, especially in the trenches, um, to get it done. So... um Hot take of the week, I guess.
0: I mean, you're almost at the point, though, that you want to see close games involving Alabama and Georgia. I know you don't, but Ohio State, just to give hope to people that this isn't always just going to be a three-team show and no, absolutely. N- nobody's ever going to have – like, we we want to – we talked a little, a little bit last week about the parity in the NFL, how we how we enjoy that any team can beat anything. Well, I, I don't like it to that point. I think we should also have some dominant teams – are really good teams, but and it should take their very best day to to beat a team. But at the same time, I mean, this it would be great, I think, if if this game's close, uh, especially to give some teams hopes, like, okay, they're they're beatable and at least get you tuning in to the rest of Alabama's games um, as they uh, march on towards what they feel like is their destiny in another playoff appearance. But it's going to be an amazing atmosphere uh, down in Fayetteville this week. Uh, At the same time, 3.30 on Fox, another top 20 matchup, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Baylor uh, coming off of a win at Iowa State last year or last week. That was pretty impressive. Oklahoma State's not played anybody. Uh, Central Michigan, uh, an Arizona State team that fires their coach on the field um, before he ever gets to the locker room. And then uh, the mighty uh, Arkansas Pine Bluffs uh, program. So uh, this will be the first real test for Oklahoma. The only real test Baylor's really had all year was a, a. or was last week with uh, Iowa State? They did go to BYU and lose in, in two overtimes. Um, it's going to be a a really good matchup. Um, Iowa Oklahoma State averaging fifty one points a game once again. That's a caveat with how many points that they're uh, or how many how good the team is that they're they're playing, um, but. It will be, uh, I think, a pretty good game uh, down in Waco, uh, and we'll get to see maybe which is uh, which of these two teams is going to be the one that's going to carry the the banner for the the Big Twelve since Oklahoma lost last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, I don't. I think too that's something that we need to consider. I mean, this the winner of this game I think could obviously you know be catapulted into the driver's seat of the Big Twelve. I think that the unique thing about this is that whoever wins this conference doesn't necessarily – it doesn't necessarily mean they're a contender. you know, it's, So that's kind of the part of this that I find um, kind of fascinating. Um, I, I kind of tend to lean Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders, the experience he has, but um, that's something I think could be flipped very easy. I think these teams are relatively even. They obviously had the really good conference game against each other last year where um, Baylor was just yards away from potentially going to the CFP I think there's kind of some revenge, um, you know, on their minds here, um, you know, from, you know, on both sides there. But no, I mean, I'm really intrigued in this. I mean, I don't necessarily I don't think the Big 12 is going to get into the playoff this year. But I think that in terms of conference implications, this game's about as big as it gets.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and. You know Baylor's once again kind of the same thing with Texas A and M, even though their loss is far worse. That one loss not being in a conference really helps you out. Uh, like Oregon, that one loss being in a conference really helps you out. Um, the but their loss to um, their loss to to Georgia in the, in the first week of the season. Uh, breaking news in the NFL: Preston the the Red Rocket will be starting for the New Orleans Saints on Sunday in London, uh, and he won't have Michael Thomas to throw to he's out let's go
1: with limited weapons you know what that means
0: yep alvin (laughs) kamara is going to run 67 times um (laughs) back to college football oklahoma state baylor we talked about that game wake forest at florida state uh wake forest takes clemson to the limit last week uh florida state has snuck into the top 25 um Getting some hype, uh, but I I don't think uh, probably enough hype. Uh, even though it's a top twenty five matchup, I I don't really anticipate this one being all that close uh, to me. At least I think Wake Forest should should win win handily. But I'm curious if Preston, you you see anything differently? This is the three thirty game on ABC.
1: You got Wake Forest winning handily. You said,
0: yeah, I think so. Going okay. in, I know it's on the road, but coming off of a a game where you almost beat Clemson, maybe it's a letdown. Um, but I, I could see this being a, a revenge game for, for Wake Forest and, and trying to to keep pace with, uh, trying to keep pace with, with Clemson.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's either going to be a desperation game or it's going to be a letdown game. So I think it's kind of, um, I think it's kind of going to be what Sam Hartman makes his team. You know what I mean? I think that this team goes as he does. And, um, played really well last week obviously the play calling on that final drive going into ot was a lot to be desired um to say the least but um no i i don't know man i lean florida state i'm not gonna lie i think that florida state has something cooking it's year three for mike norvell i mean i think they've taken a stride um so i'm glad that i guess we have some difference of opinion um in our picks this week but i don't know man i i think that florida state's gonna bounce back or not bounce back i think they're gonna hold on and um i think wait i think it'll be a close game but i think florida state guts it out
0: yeah so florida state six and a half point favorite uh for this one which surprises me too but uh yeah i i take it that it's not a letdown game that it's a wake forest gets back on uh On track, uh, but you've got Florida State. Also at 3.30 on ESPN2, Iowa State of Kansas. We'll see if Kansas is legitimate or not. That'll give us a pretty good clue Um, at at that point. uh, Scrolling down here, the next top 25 game is going to be at 7.30 on ESPN, uh, and that will be the uh, top or sorry on ABC the matchup between Clemson and North Carolina State. Clemson once again coming off of a game where they had to expend a lot of energy against Wake Forest, taking on uh, the dark horse. Everybody's dark horse for the uh, the college football playoffs in NC State. The NC State's um, first uh, first uh, swipe here at at Florida or sorry at at Clemson. Um, they they have a pretty good win against Texas Tech, uh, and uh, of course, uh, they almost slipped up week one against East Carolina, uh, but since then, they've they've righted the ship. It'll be a good game uh, in, uh, at Clemson on Saturday Night Clemson, a seven-point favorite. Um, I, I do think, just scrolling through here, I don't see very many over-unders, which is the total amount of points in the game. I don't see anything lower than this game and it makes perfect sense 43 and a half uh clemson and nc state it's gonna be a defensive battle uh old school football uh i watch it be a you know 35 32 game but at least we think it's gonna be old school defensive football uh on saturday night in clemson south carolina
1: yeah absolutely um i guess i guess the backtrack just to clarify i don't think necessarily think that wake Forest is gonna have like a letdown game by the way, I think that I think they'll play well. I just like Florida State in that game. Just to clarify on that. And then um, yeah, I, I think this game's a lot of intrigue. It's a really well coached team, a well-coached bunch with North Carolina State, a team that's really experienced. I think Devin Leary, you know, I think that they have all the tools to go into Clemson and um, you know, pull off the upset. But I I don't know. I I kind of lean, I lean the Tigers on this in this game. Um, I do think the scoring will be a little more higher. It will be a little higher than that, just uh, based off of that.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Um, sorry. sorry. I, no, that's okay. Um, no,
1: a sneeze, allergies, I guess. But, no, I, I, I like the Tigers
0: in this game in conclusion. Way to hit the dump button, though, to the way you didn't sneeze on the mic. That's a professional move right there. And I was less than professional waiting and should have went ahead and, and talked. Um yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think Clemson. When the, the thing you and I talked about this past weekend was uh, is is that game against Wake Forest the one that's that shoots Clemson off into the stratosphere like they maybe, maybe they don't have the talent that they used to, but at least the oh yeah we're Clemson by the way you know we're we're back we're we're the we're the the baddest in the ACC uh, and um, whether that that's going to be the the catalyst for that, uh, but uh, big. I, I think it'll be a close game. This is, this is definitely one of the, the games that um, you don't see either team blowing each, either one of them out, um, mainly because I don't know that they, they can score that much, even though Clemson showed those signs of life last week against Wake Forbes.
1: I, I don't think that bragging that you're the class of the ACC is necessarily a flex, by the way.
0: Yeah, well, when NC State's a top-10 team, yeah and lake forest was up there i mean it it's better than the acc was last year or a couple of years before then when it it really wasn't a well it's a
1: bunch of old old teams because of covid right so i mean just to clarify but yeah i mean i don't know i mean yeah i mean i like clemson and like you said i i personally i'm not bought i'm not all in on clemson i don't i think they're fraudulent i think the gap between one and three and then everybody else is still tremendous um but at the same time i mean you gotta have respect for Clemson. like you said i mean they're a talented group i mean they recruit well they have great talent Uh, davis ween is a good coach i think that his coaching staff is um very suspect at best but um same time i mean big win last week on the road i think that could be a momentum boost going into this game at home
0: yeah very much so couple other uh, games of interest, at least for me. I think there will be a good game at 7 o'clock Eastern time in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Western Kentucky hosts Troy, uh, and this will be a, uh, a good game. Western Kentucky, fun fact for you, 13 straight games of scoring 30 or more points in a game. It's the highest in the NCAA. They come off a 70-plus point uh, win over Florida International last week. Troy, of course, went in and gave um, Appalachian State all that they possibly could have wanted and bounced back good last week. I think that will be a good game. Texas Tech at Kansas State, uh, which will be a – a a game against a Kansas State team that that comes off a win against Oklahoma and a Texas Tech team that's uh, starting to build momentum after their win against Texas, and then Iowa State at Kansas. If Kansas wins this game, Preston, we can't say anything other than the fact that they're a good football team.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it goes from a joke to a legitimate thing. I think even they could lose and look good, you know what I mean? Like, this is a team, too. I don't think that them having to be undefeated is necessarily – an indication if they're a good football team or not. I think that they've proven that, I mean, they've clearly taken a step and um, that they have a coaching staff that's worthwhile there. I mean, a coaching staff that's being, you know, talks about, you know, taking other taking over other programs. So no, I think this is a legit, this is a legit thing. Um, yeah. And as far for Iowa state, I mean, you know, they lost a lot from last year with Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, but you know, I think this is still a test for both teams and could be, Kind of one of those under-the-radar games in the Big 12. You know, if Kansas wins, all of a sudden you're talking about a legit conversation here.
0: Yeah, very good. And maybe they'll finally get ranked. I couldn't believe they weren't ranked this week. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Um, So that's our preview. Uh, Hopefully the first 30 minutes of this didn't go away anywhere. We had internet issues, uh, but if, if not, uh, it was really good radio. Um, Just to recap real fast. um, We think it's a travesty that Tua was cleared to play. Can't believe that that happened. We are excited about the Jags and the Eagles and Bills and Ravens. That's, that's what we talked about. We talked about Tua for a long time. So hopefully we find it uh it said that it recorded it but we'll we'll see what happens uh it was the most eloquent um discussion anywhere that you'll hear espn sirius radio none of them will have anything close to how how well we did in that discussion
1: yeah that it was the best audio in the history of audio so it was one of those things that i mean i think that other plat other podcasters should just kind of give it up quit trying
0: very much so. I mean, I think uh, my father who is here at the house and Preston's neighbors in the dorm heard it and their lives were changed is, is essentially what happened there. Hey, we can't uh, get off here today without talking about Aaron Judge tying Roger Maris's 61 home runs uh, this past weekend or this past week. Uh, it's going to lead to a lot of irritated folks if he doesn't have 62 by tomorrow because ESPN said they're going to cut into college football games to show – uh, his at bats, which didn't go very well last week, it was the longest time between a 60 and 61st home run at 10 games. Uh, but he does uh, he does hit a 61st uh, across the border in Toronto for a Yankees team that is absolutely streaking at the moment, at nine and one in their last 10. Uh, the but uh, his Roger Maris Jr. Uh, said the quiet part out loud. He said that if Aaron Judge hits one more home run, he's the true home run king, showing his feelings on it. Of course, uh, the pushback is, is that uh, this is just the, the area you play in, and that's all that you can help, even if you if you were on the juice, so was everybody else. And so it was an even playing field, whatever you might say. But I do think it's a highly significant number. Uh, in a day of drug testing uh, to have somebody hit 61 and and hopefully, well, I think six games left, five or six games left, um, hopefully he gets 62.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, truly one of the more special seasons of my life. I mean, I remember as a kid, the iconic races with Albert Pujols and Ryan Howard before he had tailed off and Prince Fielder, you know, really that trio in the National League. Then you had the Mac Kemps and Ryan Bronze. But I mean, what we're seeing here, now with Aaron Judge is iconic, um, especially not a Yankees fan. I don't like the Yankees, I'll be quite honest with you, and you're shaking your head. I We do not like the Yankees, but I think what he's doing is good for baseball in the sense of, I mean, this is, this is a New York kid. This is kind of the golden boy for Major League Baseball, like the gold standard. Um, so I think this is good for Major League Baseball too, but – I will say I think that it's ridiculous that they're tapping into college football games. That's ridiculous. I don't like, like, I think people would, you know, if people want to see it, they should go watch it on their own. But like, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily the way to pull people into baseball, but um, yeah, no, I I agree though. Roger Maris Jr. I think that, you know, what his dad did was um, truly incredible, obviously with just the, um, this amount of success that he had um, and then seeing Aaron Judge do this in an era where, I mean, we still see players test positive for performance enhancing drugs. You know, Fernando Tatis um, about a month, a month or two ago, I mean, among other players and obviously McGuire. So so all those guys back in the day. So I think what he's doing um, is special. And I hope that he can get the 62
0: just for the, you know, for the prestige of it. It's the right player in the right market for this. Yeah. Um but i you know I, I just think it's curious that they're cutting in on this because a lot of the people on their networks are telling us that uh 72 is the the true mark and so if the 72 is the true mark why were you cutting in for somebody 60 second right you know and, and so it's a bit of hypocrisy i think in that but uh congratulations there and judge um we'll see if he gets it this week uh to get to 62. uh the Baseball races are are essentially over, especially in the the American League with – uh, the the Orioles getting swept by the Red Sox this past weekend kind of did them, in. so you're 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 pretty much done in the American League. Uh, maybe your your places aren't exactly fixed, but you probably got your wild card. NL drama a little bit left. Uh, Brewers uh, 1.5 out of the wild card, and then Atlanta and New York keep trading. Uh, the battle for the East uh, It will be something to watch in in the last uh, little bit of the season. So. Uh, and also whether the Reds lose 100 games or not, right?
1: Yeah, my mic was muted. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's certainly the race that we're all tuned into. It's not that. It's if the Reds can get to the magic. Num- their magic number is four, so just saying. Four with, what, six to go? I mean, I don't think that's out of reach for this team. I don't even know who they're playing. Let me check that out real quick. Yeah, I'm really uh, – wanting to say it might be Chicago maybe. Yeah, they got Chicago starting today at 220. And then they got, uh, yeah, it looks like they've got Chicago for three. And then from there, yeah, no, Chicago, the last six games. So if we lose, if we lose four of those six against Chicago, we hit the magic number. So I'll be honest with you, man. I don't want to be, you know, we don't want to make it a total opinion podcast here. But I mean, I, um, good i mean that's what the ownership deserves for how they taunted the fans what they did to that team a team that was on the doorstep of competing in 2021 that did nothing to go out and um emerge itself as a contender um and then you know honestly you know what they did in the off season letting castellanos go trading Winkard suarez castillo you know all these guys it's it's a shame and then the way they taunted the fans you know i it's it's they had all this coming and To be honest, I mean, they don't benefit anymore by winning. Might as well lose all the rest of the games. But anyway, so the real division or to the real races, yeah, I think Milwaukee might be finally out of gas, um, one and a half out. Um, But no, that I mean, all eyes on that Atlanta-New York battle, which, I mean, all basically that gets determined out of that is who's going to get the home and who's going to get some home seating.
0: you know? Yeah, um, I think – and I I want to take this moment. Just you got your homer in. I'm going to get my homer in. Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles. The thing that I want they're going they're out of the playoff race really. Um, but the thing that I want for them so desperately is for them to right the ship here in the last uh, last week. Get off the losing side and finish above 500. Uh, you know to to get as far as they got. And then if they they have the the real bad end of the season, like they're kind of heading towards. It would put a little damper on it, but thanks for a great run. There, there has not been a lot to cheer for in Baltimore the the last uh, few years, uh, and it was good to have a team that even the ownership said, "Oh yeah, we we didn't think we'd be this good." Uh, so uh, I I'm I'm rooting for them. I knew know they're playing the hottest team in baseball. Uh, in their home home park, uh, starting t- uh, tonight at 7:05. So if 62 happens, it's going to be off of one of the the Orioles pitchers, I suppose. Um, but I, I hope they scrape together uh, just a few wins here at the very end, uh, so that they uh, can um, remain above 500 and cap off a, a really. Really wonderful season. I'm, I'm rooting for them, uh, and hope that they can carry it over to, to next year because I think it'd be a great story. The issue is, man, they when three of your uh, five teams make the playoffs, it's kind of hard uh, to to have a a lot of optimism because those teams are going to be good again next year. But uh, hopefully, the Orioles uh, can hold on, uh, stay above five hundred. Let's just go ahead and win the last six and see what happens. Eh. Just for the the heck of it but uh, So we'll be watching Aaron Judge Whether we want to or not this weekend uh, As they cut into the races uh, See if he gets 62 And we may have At least uh, Who's going to be in the playoffs By the end of the weekend Um, But we will see Who wins that very important uh, Battle in the east uh, For for some home field So uh, Preston you got anything else?
1: No, yeah, just follow up on what you said, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot to hang their hat on for the Orioles. I mean, certainly a lot to be proud of, especially in, um, you know, in the sense of, you know, I think a lot of people kind of thought they were kind of giving up waving the white flag, at least from an ownership and management level, you know, when they got rid of Mancini at the deadline, but seeing that team rally and really fighting claw down the stretch is great. And yeah, like you said, I mean, Mike, why, why can't they win these last handful of games, you know, like just, Make the most of it and there's a lot to hang their hat on going in next year i'd like hopefully they're aggressive in the off season but you know their young core is exciting you know gunner gunner is pretty awesome i love gunner um uh, quietly becoming one of my favorite players in baseball him and julio rodriguez uh with the mariners but yeah no, a lot to hang their hat on and again um i guess final remarks Um thoughts and prayers to the Loa family, as well as all of the people that are in Florida. Um, you no, know, we kind of touch on that more in the first segment. Hopefully we um, are able to recover that audio, best audio of all time. But you no, know, a lot of people that are hurting and um, our hearts and thoughts and feelings are certainly are out to them.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh there's a chance tomorrow i'll try to go and do a, a quick podcast to preview the uk game with my family down in oxford and just try to give a little bit of context for what it's like down there sec nation's going to be there um so might
1: you got to get, get mr guest picker on there you got to get yeah i
0: gotta get the guy get the boys on there and let them uh, get oh yeah. their their picks so that's
1: what people um, want to see anyways
0: that is, that is true. So uh, thanks for joining us today for the Just OK Sports Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and interact with us there. Hopefully, like we said, we'll find this first part of this recording uh, and post it uh, along with this. So thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.